Well, if you'd open your Bibles with me to Psalm 67, the 67th Psalm will be our text this morning as we consider the idea that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. A couple years ago, I was reading along through Psalms, and Psalm 67 literally jumped off the page at me, and I had one of these aha moments. You know the type, right? When the light bulb goes on and you see something like you've never seen it before, just as if you were in the dark previously and you did turn on the light. And as I'm reading through Psalm 67 that day, it dawned on me, everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I can be is a gift from God. Yes, I knew that, but it's a gift given with a purpose. And there's a specific purpose that Psalm 67 speaks of, and we'll talk about that this morning. If you're able to stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word, would you do so? Psalm 67, and I'll read from my copy of Scripture, and NIV 84 it's called now. Don't you just love it? Pastor, or not Pastor, Deacon Larry up here pulls out his uh, you know, smartphone and reads his Scripture from his smartphone. Every time a septuagenarian whips out a smartphone, I think that's just cool. Um, but I'm going to read mine from a good old-fashioned paper Bible. Hey, I, I know that word. I went to college. I had to use it, Larry. He's just barely that old, right, Larry? Yeah, just barely. Just barely. <laughs> Psalm 67. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Heaven help me. Let's read the Scripture. The 67th Psalm says, May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make His face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for your rule, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Let's pray. Father, we open your word in this passage of Scripture. I hope that others have that same aha moment that I did. That as we study, our understanding will be open and we'll say, wow, yeah. And not only will we recognize this truth of this Scripture, but seek to apply it in our life in order to bless others as you intend us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. We've got our Scripture memory verse of the month, which is the first two verses of this passage of Scripture. Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. And you might think, well, this is a bit of an odd sermon to preach about being blessed in order to bless others on a weekend in which we think about our freedom as a nation. It's not odd at all, if you ask me. If you've traveled outside the United States, and if you pay attention to world news and other things, you know that we have been blessed with great freedoms in this nation. And because of our freedoms, the cornerstone of which, in my opinion, is religious liberty and all other freedoms that flow from that, and we have a system of government that allows people, if you work hard, you're going to probably succeed. 
And you're going to be prosperous financially, but also you can prosper in all the other ways that follows that. So we as a nation have been blessed, and we as a nation can be a blessing. But I don't want to speak to us about being a nation to bless others, but about individual Christ followers. Let's read that together. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. Did you notice the aha there? The so that. Now you know I love the so that. We'll get there in a minute. Let's come and pay attention to verse 1. First of all, your first point on your outline is a prayer for blessing. A prayer for blessing. Like so many psalms, this psalm is a prayer. The psalms are either prayers or they're songs, but songs many times are prayers, aren't they? And uh, this would be used in worship. You notice mine has a little subtitle, yours may as well, that it says, For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. And then in the psalm, you may have an italic print like mine off to the side of verse 1 where it says Selah. and verse 4, Selah, it's basically a pause, a rest, uh, musically. But so many of the psalms are prayers to God. Most of them, you know, are laments. They're crying out to God when something's going wrong. This one is not that type at all. It's a psalm of praise. But it's calling on God to do something for His people. So let's look at verse 1 then. It's a prayer for blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. Now, the first part we get, may God be gracious to us and bless us. We're like, okay, we know what it means when somebody is gracious to us. If you had a choice of somebody being mean to you versus somebody being gracious to you, what are you going to choose every time, right? We want grace. Give us grace, not ugliness, not meanness, not uh, being inconsiderate, not being rude, not anything else that is negative. We want the positive. We want grace. And the prayer of this psalm says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Again, if you had a choice, cursing or blessing, what are you going to choose? I don't think you're going to say, oh yeah, give me the curses. I mean, maybe if you're sadistic or weird or something like that, you're saying, give me the curses, pile them on, let me take them on. But most of us are going to say, give me the blessing. Give me the blessing. And so this prayer says, bless me and be gracious to me. And then it uses an illusion in the latter part of verse 1. And make his face shine upon us. Now, if you've read scripture, and particularly in the Old Testament, you know this idea of God's face being, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, um, synonymous with God's um, paying attention to you, God giving you His attention, and God blessing you and being with you. And so many times the psalmist will say, Lord, you have hidden your face from me, or I can't see your face. And it's saying, God, I don't know your presence is with me. And so this prayer is a prayer for grace, a prayer for blessing, a prayer for God's face, and not only just His face to be turned that way, but to shine upon us. God, would you look at me? Would you bless me? Would you give me grace and do that by your presence is what the psalmist is saying here in verse 1. Your first application question there asks, how would I like to be blessed? 
I mean, everyone would like to be blessed. It's human nature. We've already established that. Uh, We want to look out for number one. It's interesting to me that when I was reading in Exodus not too long ago, uh, even Pharaoh says, and you can just write this one down, Exodus 12, 32, when he finally says, all right, you know, all these bad things have happened. You can take your stuff. You can get out of here. He says, take your flocks and your herds as you asked and leave and also bless me. I mean, I thought, Pharaoh, you're standing up against God and you're telling him, no, you can't go, no, you can't go. And then finally, you're like, all right, get out of here. The plagues have been too much. But then Pharaoh says, and will you bless me? He realizes God's power is greater than any power of his magicians. And he says, will you bless me? Even Pharaoh, whose heart was hardened, wanted a blessing. But look there at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. We think, hey, that's cool. I want to be blessed. I want to be graced. I want to have God's presence on me. And we consider that first question. If I could choose how God would bless me, what would I choose? I mean, right now, what would you choose? How God would bless you? Would it be something in a relationship? You know, I'm not saying it's like Aladdin and genie with the magic lamp that you're going to get three wishes if you rub on it and call out the genie or anything. But if you could ask God for one blessing in your life right now, what would it be? Maybe it would be the presence of your spouse who's departed to come back to you so you could spend time together. Maybe it would be something financial because you've got a lot of stress. Maybe it would be a new job because, uh, you know, that's causing some anxiety. Maybe it would be health because you're struggling with that. I don't know what it would be. But the second question for us to consider here as a subset of this, how I would like to be blessed, is asking, how have I been blessed already? When we consider what we'd like to be blessed about, how have we been blessed already? What resources do I have? What has God provided for me my family? What talents, what abilities, what intelligence, what purpose, what direction, what time, what friendships, what finances, what has God done for me already? Years ago, when John Mark was in kindergarten, he came home and he said something about adding an S. And I'll write down what I wrote then because I I pulled it from my blog. He says uh, uh, that sometimes S can be a good thing, John Mark said. He said, like friends, you just add S and you have more friends. His world, though rapidly expanding through language, was still so simple. And an S was how you got more friends. And he was learning his language skills, obviously. But that observation revealed so much more about John Mark. It was what was important to him. Friends. He just wanted to add an S so he could have more of them. His childhood logic begs the question for all of us. If you could add an S to anything and have more of any one thing, what would you add an S to? What does it say about yourself? How have you been blessed? How would you like to be blessed as you're offering this prayer of blessing? Now let's go to that second question, John. He's ready to go. Why would God bless me? Because if we're asking God to bless us, maybe we need to ask the question, why would God choose to bless us? Why is the existential question? Why is the important question? Why is not always a comfortable question? But I got a couple reasons for you. One is because he's good. 
Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the souls who seek Him. So embedded in that is you've got to wait for God, you've got to seek Him. He wants to be good to you, but He wants you to pursue a relationship with Him. The second is because He loves you. Think about John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Think about 2 Chronicles 16.9. You know that one. It's a great verse for this season of the year. For the eyes of the Lord are roam throughout the earth to show Himself strong for those whose hearts are completely His. If your heart's turned over to Him, He's looking to bless you. A third reason, because God knows what you need. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all your, his, your needs according to His riches and glory. If you don't know that one, maybe you need to write it down. Maybe you need to memorize it. It doesn't say, My God will supply all your wants. It does say, My God will supply all your needs. God knows you. He knows what you need. And He loves you. And He wants to provide for you. So, that helps us understand this prayer for blessing how we would like to be blessed, and why God would bless us. Now let's move on to verse 2. Verse 2 is the so that and brings us to our second major point, and that is the reason for blessing. The reason for blessing. So that your way, God's way, may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Now that was the aha, the revelation for me, When I read this, and now I want to share it with you, is that the reason, according to Psalm 67, God wants to bless you in every way He blesses you, is so that you might be a blessing to others, specifically so that those others might call on Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Have you ever considered that? That the very reason God blesses you in every way He blesses you, with your family, with your friends, with your help, with your time, with your abilities, with your finances, all those things He gives you is in order that you might be a blessing to others and lead them to have a relationship with Him as well. Psalm 84.5 said, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the ways of them. So if our strength is in God, if our heart is turned towards Him, Psalm 84, 5 says, that we will be blessed. Now, when we're talking about blessing, and we're speaking specifically about being blessed in order to be a blessing, we need to make a little excursus, at least, on financial blessing. And remember that Scripture does not condemn wealth. Scripture does not condemn having nice things or going nice places, or eating nice food. Scripture doesn't condemn all that. Listen specifically to 1 Timothy 6. Well, actually, let's turn over there. Uh, Join me in 1 Timothy 6. We'll come back to Psalm 67, obviously. Keep a marker there. But 1 Timothy 6, and verse 17, 18, and 19. This is just one passage of Scripture we can use uh, uh, on this little idea of wealth and what God has to say about it. But 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. Paul writes, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, both of those are easy, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, did you hear that? 
Paul says there's going to be wealthy people. And he doesn't say there's anything wrong with wealth. He says what's wrong is if they put their hope in their wealth or if they act arrogant about it. And he says he gives it to them for their enjoyment. Now go on in verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So again, you see that if you are blessed with finances or as I say when I talk about stewardship, time, talents, or treasures, if you are blessed, that you can be a blessing to share those with others. It said there, and to be generous and willing to share. Verse 19, in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul reminds us in that last phrase that this life we know is not all that there is and there, there is an eternal life and is what we do on this life that builds up for us treasure in the life to come. And the reason for our blessing is so that we can bless one others. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, 18, and 19 parallels in a way what we're talking about in Psalm 67. Now back to Psalm 67 with me in the first of our two questions on this point. That question is, why does God bless His people? Why does God bless His people? Now, you ought to be able to answer that. According to Psalm 67, what's the so that? Why does God bless His people? Somebody tell me. So that His name may be known on the earth. Yeah. Anyone else want to expand on that or give a different uh, answer to that? Because uh, there's a couple ways you could answer it. Someone else. Come on. So you can be a blessing to others. John Mark, what were you going to say, buddy? Because he's a great big guard with a great big heart. Yeah. Amen. God blesses his people in order that we can bless others, in order that his name may be known in all the earth. These things come from Psalm 67 and throughout the Bible. So the second question here. And John will put that on the screen for us. Is how am I using his blessings? Now, notice the pronoun his there. Maybe you need to circle that. It's a reminder that the things that he gives us are not our own. We are stewards of everything he gives us. The body that you have. The brain, the ability to think, the ability to feel. I'm not talking with your hands, but emotionally. The finances that you have, the talents you have, the abilities you have, the time you have, everything belongs to God. And how are you using His blessings? Are you using them in a way that stacks up with verse 2? That your ways may be known on all the earth, your salvation among all nations. When we steward all that God gives us, steward is someone who uses the goods of another in a way that would honor the other. When we steward all those things God gives us, are we doing it in such a way that others will know Him? Luke 16.10, write that reference down. God says, or Jesus said, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. I share Luke 16.10 with us as a challenge. Because it's Jesus reminding us that maybe the reason you don't have all the fill in the blank that you want to have, whether it's authority or whether it's ability, 
or whether it's time or whether it's money. Maybe the reason you don't have that is you've not been a good steward of what you've already been entrusted with. I'm not saying it's absolute, but I'm saying it's something to consider. And it would be something that the Holy Spirit would need to resolve or reveal to each and every one of us. Is that the reason? Is it because of known sin in my life or is it because of some uh, uh, you know, disobedience, which depending on the type of disobedience can be sin, that God is not blessing me as I'd like Him to? God has blessed us in order that we might be a blessing. We pray in verse 1, bless us God. He tells us in verse 2, the reason for that blessing is so that we might be a blessing to others and they specifically might come to salvation. But let's move on to our third major point and that is the worship from blessings. This psalm zeroes in from a wide, broad request to a narrow result of that Although it is narrow, its effect is broad. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you, it says in verse 3. Verse 4 is different. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for the rule of the people. You rule the people justly and guide the nations of earth. And then notice verse 5 is verse 3 repeated all over again. It's a refrain, just like when we sing a song. We sing the same verse of the same chorus over again. And it says, may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. So the specific reason, according to Psalm 67, that we are blessed in any given way we are blessed is in order that we might be a blessing to others, specifically that folks might come to know Jesus, specifically that people from other tribes, tongues, nations, peoples of the earth, all peoples might know God. So the worship would result from blessing. The reason we serve is so that others will turn their hearts to God and they will worship Him. The reason we give is so that others will turn their hearts to God and they might worship Him. The reason we spend our time is that others might turn their hearts to God and they might worship Him. The reason we went to Beatrice yesterday and knocked on doors to tell them about Vacation Bible School is that others might turn their hearts to God and worship Him. The reason that you give money to the church is so that others might turn their hearts to God and they might worship Him. The reason we have Vacation Bible School and you came and volunteered here is that others might turn their hearts to God and worship Him. That's the reason according to verse 3, 4, and 5. So, let's ask a question. Who is blessed when I share? Who is blessed when I share? And I think I already answered it for you. Who's blessed when you share? Now, you might think of a specific instance. And you know that when you gave this to this person, that person was blessed. And when you gave or spent time with this organization, those people involved in that organization were blessed. You know that when you prayed for that group of folks, that group of folks was blessed. But think about this picture of verse 3, 4, and 5. May the peoples praise you. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. This is a specific prayer, and the result of it is that people from every tribe, every tongue, will praise Jesus. What a scene. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven? All the different peoples of all the nations of the earth. Now, um, last Tuesday night, we, uh, I guess Tuesday night a week and a half ago, 
we got in late to where we were staying on our vacation, and uh, I went to the grocery store, and I was almost through with my grocery trip, and I realized, I'm the only white guy in this store. Cool. There were Hispanic people from multiple nations there. There were Asian people from multiple nations there. There were South Asian people, Indian folks, and maybe Pakistanis and, uh, you know, uh, others there. And there were some African-American folks there. And I'm the only white guy walking around the grocery store at 1030 at night in Anaheim, California. I was like, this is cool. And then I go to check out. And the Hispanic lady, who had just the most beautiful countenance on her face, I thought, man, she looks like she's happy to be here at 10.30 at night at the grocery store. She's standing there waiting on me. She had a cross on her name tag. And I thought, wow. And I said, are you a Christ follower? And she said, yes, kind of timidly. And I was like, well, you got the cross on there. Shouldn't you be excited about this? Because I feel like I'm in this vision of heaven in the grocery store in Anaheim, California. All the people from all the nations. Who's blessed when I share People from all nations, anytime you give. It's so easy for us to get caught up in our selfish priorities, however. I mean, can you imagine if you're standing before God and realizing that maybe you spent more money on your cable television bill and your high-speed internet than you did in tithes and offerings? And God says to you, you know, I hope you enjoyed entertaining yourself there because... None of these people got to come to heaven because you spent all your money on yourself. I'm not saying cable television is bad. I'm saying you need to consider your priorities. Or can you imagine that your nails were always perfect, but you never used your hands to serve other people? Friends, there's got to be a balance in our life. That the reason God blesses us in order that we can have nice things is so that we might bless others as well. So our next question here is what else Should I give? What else should I give? Now, that question assumes, number one, that you're already giving. You're already giving your time, your talents, your treasures somehow. I look forward to the day when we can say that of the active members and attenders of this church, 100% of you are serving in at least a once-monthly ministry. Last we counted, that's about 50%. So I'm not trying to say that to make you feel bad if you don't serve in some way, because it may be our fault because we haven't asked you, because you're going, I would serve if somebody would ask. But wouldn't it be great if we could so involve everybody here that everybody had a place that fit your giftedness, fit your talents, fit your abilities, that when you did it, you thought, yeah, this is cool. God made me for this. That you serve with your time. Then you serve with your talents. And then even you give with your treasures. Yes, we are a church that believes in tithing. And trust me, Larry and I didn't coordinate that. He didn't know what I was going to preach on today. And we want you to tithe. And this church is supported by your tithes. And your offerings above and beyond your tithe to do all these things. But what about other charities? Other organizations that God would have you use your financial resources to help support them. Even beyond our church. What else should I give? Is there a new way, a new thing, maybe a new reason, and some reasons provided by what the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through this sermon? Now, this doesn't need to be an immediate decision. 
If God's telling you, yes, do this, maybe you need to surrender right now. But maybe it's a matter of prayer, a matter of consideration, a matter of seeking God. Because so many times there might be an aha moment, but God wants you to seek him over time to get the answer revealed to you. Because with God, it's about the relationship and the time. Not about, hey, I'm going to give you a quick and easy answer. What else should you give? I would tell you not to seek what I've told you, but to seek what the Holy Spirit tells you through reading your Bible, through prayer. Let's come to our fourth and final point. Our fourth and final point is the last two verses of this passage of Scripture is that a summary of blessing. Now, I know that doesn't sound too exciting, but look at what the summary is. I just couldn't come up with a better word, so forgive me. Maybe you can. Then... The land will yield its harvest, and God our God will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. So again, go back and look at this verse by verse. The first verse is a prayer. Say, God, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine upon us. Give us your presence, give us your blessing, is the first verse. The second verse is, so that other people will know you. And then the third, fourth, and fifth verses, three and five are the same thing, are a picture of what it will be like when the other people know you. They'll praise you. They'll be glad. They'll sing for joy because you rule them justly and you guide the nations of the earth. These are the good things you do for people, God. So these are a summary of our blessings. And then notice the result here, this summary. Then the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. In other words, when we've done what you want us to do, you're going to bless us. So God, we're praying that you will bless us so that we might be a blessing to others. And when we bless others, you're going to bless us again? You're going to bless us some more? That's basically what I see this text is telling us. Isn't this amazing? That when we use our blessings, our time, our talents and treasures to serve others, that they might worship God, that God promises us he'll bless us even more. I don't know about you, but I think that needs an amen. I mean, that's the way I see this then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. Verse 7 is a summary of the entire chapter. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. So your first question here is, what's my part in God's provision? We know we have a privilege of participating with God in His redemptive plan, sharing the message of Jesus that it's by grace through faith that we are saved with others. We know that lost people come to faith in Him by the working of His Holy Spirit and His mighty power, but we know we've got to be part of it by giving a verbal witness, by living our life in such a way and serving others and giving of ourselves our time, talents, and treasures to support ministries that will do that. We know that we can make a household budget and stick to it so that we can tithe through our church and give offerings and support charities and missions and all those sort of things. We know that these spending decisions, we can have life-changing, eternal impact if we consider our priorities and how we're going to spend our time, our talents, and our treasures. And verse 6 points us back to that, that God will bless us. So your last question today is, what is God's part with my blessing? 
What's God's part with my blessing? Well, that one might be kind of easy. Um, everything? I mean, he does it all. He's the one that does the blessing. He's the one that does the giving. Yes, I need to serve him. Yes, I need to be obedient to him. Yes, I should be open-handed in sharing what I have with others. But we have to consider, do we have the ability? Can we do these things? Can we give of ourselves and our time? Can we give of our treasures and our talents? And is it worth it? Because other people come to know him. And are blessed by him. The lost are one to God's great families. We're blessed friends. Not because we're worthy. But because God is gracious. Let's come back to our nation analogy. Did you do anything. In order to be born in the United States of America. No. No. You won the global lottery and you were born as an American. So that when you came to faith in Christ, because it's easier to hear about Jesus here, you can then use the abilities you have, the resources you have, to share your faith in a way that can impact others all around the world. We're blessed not because we're worthy, but because God is gracious. We're blessed And not in order to buy more stuff, but to invest in God's kingdom. We're not blessed so we can be happier, but so that we can proclaim the joy of Jesus throughout the earth. We're not blessed for our own comfort, although there is nothing wrong with you being comfortable, but to share God's eternal peace with lost millions, including those that probably live right across the street from you, And some you have on your speed dial on your phone. We're blessed so that we can bless others. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. I know if we were to take a poll that all of us here don't have everything we want. We may not have everything we feel like we need at this very moment. But we thank you for everything you have given us. We have freedom to worship you. We have a beautiful building in which to worship you. We have friends and family which to worship you with. And we know the name of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. God, we pray if there's a soul in this place that's old enough to understand their own sinfulness and need to trust Jesus as their Savior, that they would make that decision today and make it public. God, we pray for those that may you need to unite with this church family, that they need to say, yeah, I've been attending for a while, but I need to join this church to be a part of it so I can serve and give my life through here. God, most of all, we pray and give you praise and thanks for the way that you've blessed us, not because of anything we've done, but because of your grace. That we might be encouraged because of your great love and grace for us that we would give back to you so that others would come to know you. So thank you, God, for this great scripture that teaches us about kingdom principles of 
missions with the lost nations and people, but remind us that it's not about people on the other side of the world we might never see until this side of heaven, but even about people right across the street. We pray, Father, that as you've convicted our hearts, we would obey today. In Jesus' name, amen.